I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 214 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that is coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, it's time for a Transformation Tuesday edition of First Class Fatherhood. Today, I will be joined by one of the biggest names in the supplement industry, Aaron Singerman, the CEO of Redcon One, will be joining me here in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. I have received a tremendous amount of positive feedback from these Transformation Tuesday episodes, whether those be the ones with professional bodybuilders like Stan Efferding and Mark Bell, or my interviews with personal trainers like Mata Abdelhamid. I even had an interview here with the NFL's fittest man himself, Steve Weatherford. I've had some really great great fitness dads on the podcast. I understand that for many of you fathers out there, uh, weight loss and staying in shape can be a struggle. I do encourage you to scroll through the archives of the show here and take a listen to some of the really good informative information that's been dished out by dads who walk the walk and offer realistic advice for all the dads out there. I have an awesome guest announcement for you guys for next week's Transformation Tuesday. I will be joined here by the former host of Extreme Weight Loss, Chris Powell, who has helped thousands of people lose weight, not only through his popular show that he did with his wife, Heidi, uh, but they also have a very informative app that's out there. So be sure you lock it in for that one. It's going to be awesome coming at you next week on Tuesday. As for today, we're going to focus more on the supplement side of all this stuff here. There are so many options in that supplement aisle. So Aaron Singerman is a great dad to tell us more about it. Uh, He has some of the top selling products available in GNC. So I hope you will enjoy this conversation today. Tomorrow, I got a Warrior Wednesday coming at you with Iraqi Hero, whose story is just so incredible. He has saved countless American and Iraqi lives, including the lives of some U.S. generals. Hamidi, Jassim, the terrorist whisperer will be my guest tomorrow. So make sure you lock it in. And please be sure you are sharing this podcast with every father in your contact list or in your neighborhood. Let them know about the podcast that celebrates fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks. Family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to jump into the action right now with the CEO of Redcon One, Aaron Singerman. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. Thank you for listening to First Class Fatherhood. You are going to hear a word from my sponsors in the middle of today's interview. If you would like to consider becoming a sponsor of First Class Fatherhood, please hit me up with an email, firstclassfatherhood at gmail.com. All right, and joining me now is a first-class father. He is an entrepreneur who is the CEO of Redcon One, which is one of the biggest suppliers of supplements in the industry. It is a big pleasure for me to say, Aaron Singerman, welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Thank you, buddy. Thank you for having me. All right, let's start right here. How many kids do you have, and how old are they? I have three kids, three sons. I have a a one-and-a-half-year-old, a a three-year-old, and a six-year-old boy. Okay, wow, yeah, I have three boys myself, and then we were blessed with our baby girl at the end there. So uh, are you going to be going for the girl yourself here, or are you staying pat with three? Uh, I would like to have as many as my wife is willing to have. I think it's safe to say we'll go for four, uh, and after that, I'll have to start trying to convince her all over again. <laughs> okay, that sounds good. Uh, what type of uh, sports or activities are the boys into? Oh, uh, well, my oldest one, my six-year-old, does a lot of things. We have him doing a – he loves a – I come – my wife comes from a very musical family and I have some, some musical talent in my family, although I'm, I'm not uh, talented with music, but uh, my son does singing and piano and then he does uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, uh, golf uh, and soccer. So he's a very active uh, little guy. Very cool. All right, Aaron, please take a minute here just to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Sure. Sure. So, um, so basically I, uh, I was into bodybuilding 
as a kid from 13 years old. I was very inspired. My dad and I watched uh, Predator. I remember thinking when, when Arnold put his hand up to stop everybody, you know, the fist, I was like, holy shit, you know, that's, that's what I, I want to look like this guy, right? And, um, and I got into working out at that age. I had no idea what I was doing, but I knew I loved it. I knew that uh, I was, you know, more interested in that than I was in sports. You know, in, in football, we would always, you know, do some training with weights. And I was more interested in the weights than I was the football. So um, I kind of pursued that. Along the way, I've had some bumpy times. You know, I've had uh, some drug addiction in my past and some really uh, tough times um, in my life, which is a whole another story to get into. But I came back to, when I, when I got back to real life and I got my shit together, I realized the only thing that I was passionate about, the only thing that I really felt strongly about, other than uh, my family and stuff, was, um, was bodybuilding and fitness. And so I pursued bodybuilding and fitness with everything that I had, and I got a job um, initially doing a podcast like this one called Off Topic Radio, and that led me to uh, have the opportunity to work for a guy named Dave Palumbo, and I traveled the world, kind of like, uh, imagine like Bob Costas of bodybuilding and fitness. So I traveled the world, um, sometimes, you know, quite a bit more more on the road than at home, and um, I, uh, I traveled the world, and on, the, on, the, on this traveling, I actually met my wife, who is a bikini competitor uh, at Junior Nationals, which is a, a, a amateur show on the way to becoming a professional show. And she was a competitor, a bikini competitor. I met her along the way. And uh, once I met her, you know, we quickly, I quickly realized that she was the one for me. We, uh, we got married a year later and uh, we had a surprise kid. So six months into dating, we got pregnant, uh, which for a lot of, a lot of people. And for me, any other time in my life would have been a disaster, but because I had met the right girl, it ended up being the best thing ever. And so we got married real fast in a year. We had Asher six months after, or a little less than six months after we got married. And um, that really propelled me to, um, instead of just enjoying my passion and being grateful for making enough money to pay the bills, you know, pursuing my passion, I became uh, obsessed. I used that same part of my personality that has, uh, that has the ability to be addicted to drugs and be really obsessive. And I focused all that on making sure that I could provide for my family and, and my, my new son and my wife. And so I went from um, basically being the Bob Costas to being the uh, the general manager of the uh, – it was the editor-in-chief, we called it, of the um, the multimedia website that covered the bodybuilding. And I quickly found out that um, there's not a whole lot of money in that either, but there is money in sports supplements, which is part of um, part of being a bodybuilder and being interested in fitness, especially these days, you know, protein, creatine, amino acids, pre-workout, et cetera, right? And since there was a bunch of money in that, and there's a lot of opportunity, and I already know a lot about it, I kind of transitioned over to that, where originally I was a marketing director for a company, and then I was able to start a company. That com- company became the um, the 27th fastest growing privately owned uh, company in the country. And I eventually was able to sell my shares in that. I had a partnership dispute, left that company, started the company I'm in now called Redcon One, which is, uh, I would say, the fastest growing sports supplement company in the history of the world. And uh you know, well on our way to being the biggest sports supplement company in the world currently. So it's been, that was a very snapshot, very fast version of everything that's happened. But, but basically um, I've been very fortunate to do stuff that I love and look forward to uh, my job and, and my work and uh, also provide a great living for my family and, uh, and create a great family. 
Yeah, what an awesome journey you've had here, Aaron. And I love to do these Transformation Tuesday episodes with guys like yourself. I mean, I've had, you know, Stan Efforting and a bunch of others that I've mentioned on the monologue here just because I know that, you know, losing weight, staying in shape is a struggle for many dads out there that are hustling a couple of jobs, coaching sports and everything else. You know, they're pressed for time and they look for that quick fix and that ideal supplement that's going to be one they can take and sit on the couch and watch TV and add the muscle. But uh, so how safe are your supplements for a dad that isn't a gym rat and what type of side effects are there? So for sure. Um, first off, I got to say, unfortunately, there is no supplement that can allow you to sit on the couch and relax and still look good. You know, hard work and diet are more important than any supplements. So there's nothing. If I could make something that could allow uh, me to lay on the couch and watch uh, sports and, and have a six pack, I'd be I'd be very rich man. <laughs> um, but yeah, our supplements are completely safe. We're sold in vitamin shop sold in GNC. We're sold on all the military bases around the world uh, by the United States military. Um, our products are tested. And uh, one of the big things these days is you have to make sure that you, uh, that you are completely compliant because um, if you're not, you won't have these opportunities like GNC, Vitamin Shop, Military, Bodybuilding.com, Amazon. So our supplements are not for gym rats, certainly not exclusively for gym rats. You know, we make protein bars the number one protein bar at Vitamin Shop right now is the, is the MRE bar, uh, which is made by us. So you know what? They're, they're a great solution to help, to supplement what you're already doing, but they're not, definitely not a solution. Yeah, well said. And getting back to your three boys here, like I said, I have three boys myself, so I'm curious. Do they all share the same room, or do they each have their own bedroom? How do you work that out? So they have my littlest guy, um, who's uh, 18, a little older than 18 months now. Um, he is uh, in his own room, and uh, he couldn't be. You know, he's still not able to. He doesn't have his own bed. You know what I mean? He can't climb out. We wouldn't want him to. Aiden, my middle guy, he and Asher both have their own rooms as well, but they sleep together. So um, this is like a new thing. We got bunk beds for Asher, uh, my oldest. And so now they are sleeping together, which is good because we don't have any other bedrooms. So if number four or when number four comes around, and hopefully it's a little girl, I wouldn't want them all to be in the, the same room either. So it kind of works out that the two middle guys, the oldest and the middle guy, are, are already kind of like bunk batting together, you know? Yeah, very cool. My oldest recently turned 13, so we gave him his own room as a gift to kind of start his teenage years here. So, uh, you know, things are about to get real for us. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah, I, can't, I, I was such a bad teenager. I'm hoping that I'm doing all the right things um, to, to prepare Asher, uh, my oldest, and me and my wife uh, to uh, to have it not as bad as it was for uh, for my parents and me. Yeah, what would you say was the most challenging transition for you, Aaron? Because for us, going from two to three was very tough, especially because our older two they weren't you know quite independent enough on their own yet. So that first year that we had three was like one long day for us. Uh, uh, what would you say it was for you? Definitely, I think you're right. I think too. So um, you know, having just Asher and Aiden, it's one man-to-man coverage, right? So it's not that not that bad, and uh, and they're pretty close in age, the, the two of them. Uh, so it really wasn't that bad. I mean, there's still certainly struggles going out to dinner or doing anything with them, traveling on a plane, you know, where it wasn't like we're stressful. But adding a third one in, um, especially a, a little guy, you know. So now my my oldest, who is six, um, who's almost seven, he's seven in September. He is uh he's pretty like self-sufficient i mean i wouldn't leave him in the house by himself but he can like get a, i mean he goes to the, he's a great swimmer so we bring him and aiden who's three they're both great swimmers they can go to the pool by themselves they can wake up in the morning together and go down and watch tv together you know um but you throw in a little guy who needs everything you know who's not capable of doing anything for himself yet or basically anything for himself yet it uh it definitely adds a different another layer of complication and it's funny that you said that i i can imagine you know i, I can i can only imagine but i can imagine four 
wouldn't be as big a jump because you're already kind of used to the craziness that's the three, you know? Yeah, definitely. And one of the biggest advantages there is that your oldest one will be in a position to help you guys out with a new baby as well. And it makes life so much easier. And plus, they feel a little bit more connected because they are involved. Right. And my, it's funny, my, um, my oldest is great with uh, Elijah already. You know, he'll pick up my little guy and carry him around and kind of look after him. He is worried about him. You know, it, he, uh, he's constantly like concerned about his little brother, whereas his middle brother, you know, Aiden, he doesn't, they don't get along. <laughs> they'll, they'll fight each other, wrestle, you know, it's like a much different relationship. So I can only imagine how, um, how my oldest will be with uh, the little, little one, you know, the, the little girl, hopefully. Yeah, that's what's awesome about it, Aaron. I mean, my four kids, they're so different. They each require, you know, different styles of parenting and discipline as well. You know, some respond better to timeouts. Others need a smack on the ass. So uh, discipline is something that I love to ask the dads about, too, here. So what type of disciplinarian are you as a father? Um, I am. I am. I leave all options open. So uh, I have no problem with uh, uh, giving him a spank or whatever. It just doesn't happen a whole lot. Uh, but I have no problem with that. And I think that sometimes that's what's required to, to get their attention, especially if you know three little boys, my guys are pretty crazy too. So um, I can tell you like the times that I have had to like, I'm use Asher in particular, but slap, I, I'll give a great example. So Asher, um, this was about a year ago or so, Asher um, came up to me and said that, um, he, or he was going outside and opening the door. And I said, well, what are you doing outside? And he said, uh, mommy said I can go outside. And it was like seven o'clock and that didn't seem right. Like, where's she gonna let him go out at seven o'clock at night? So I said, hold on. And I went and asked her, and she goes, no, I didn't say that. And uh, I told him, uh, put out your hand. And he put out his hand, and he was all nervous. And I told him, I'm going to hit your hand. <laughs> and uh, he was, like, petrified. And I, I basically gave him, like, a high five on the back of his hand, you know, not nothing that would really hurt him or leave a mark. And, man, that made such an impression on him to this day. You could ask him about it. He remembers the whole thing. Um, and, and he knows, you know, like, he remembers. If you say, remember how you lied to your mom? He's like, yeah, you hit my hand. You know, it, and, and that was such a little thing that really didn't do anything, but it made a huge impression on him. And, uh, you know, I think sometimes when things are that big, like that was important to me that he was flat out lying. He, he literally asked, did not even ask his mom and told me that he did. She So that was enough for me to make an impression. That's a, like a learning moment, a teaching moment. And I, and I took it. Yeah, it's definitely effective, especially when they aren't old enough yet to quite comprehend or communicate, the, you know, their feelings. It gets the message across with a spanking. But I'll be honest, as a father, uh, it's difficult to kind of get over that. It's something that's definitely different than years ago. I mean, my father didn't spare the rod and he had no problem with it. And at least he didn't seem to have one. And uh, that's something that's, you know, difficult for me to kind of disconnect my emotions with it at times. But I mean, it, it's it's effective for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You got You know, I my big thing is like, I uh, use that so sparingly that it's uh, that it, it's really impactful. You know what I mean? And my parents were like that with me. I got spanked and stuff like that. Um, but uh, it, he never, my dad and uh, my mom never really could do anything. I was always a big kid. So my mom never really, you know, she hurt her hand hitting me. Uh, but <laughs> uh, literally, but my, but my dad, you know, he did it so rarely that it meant a lot. You know what I mean? When you saw my dad mad uh, like that, you knew he meant business. He wasn't constantly screaming at me or constantly hitting me because I feel like that, then it loses its impact and it becomes something else altogether, you know? Yeah, great point. Well said. And tying this all back into what you do here, what is a safe age? I know you said you were around 13 when you started. What is a safe age, you think, for kids to start really hitting the weights and pushing, you know, some serious weight around? And what is a safe age also to start uh, taking supplements like yours? Okay, it's time to get an important word from our sponsors, then back with more with Aaron Singerman. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. 
Let's go, dads. Summertime is upon us here, and there is no better way to spend time with your kids this summer than to take them to a live event, whether that's out at the ball field, at a monster truck rally, or even a Broadway show. Buy your tickets on SeatGeek.com or use the SeatGeek app and apply my code First Class. That's one word, First Class. And First Class Fatherhood listeners are going to save $20 off their ticket purchase. Get over to SeatGeek.com or use the SeatGeek app and buy all your tickets for this summer's fun. Maybe you want to take them to their first concert. Go to SeatGeek.com and apply my code First Class. One word, First Class, and save $20 off your ticket purchase. Fatherhood is the best seat in the house. Are you enjoying First Class Fatherhood? Did you know you can actually get paid just for listening to this podcast? It may sound insane, but it's true. There is a free new app called PodCoin, and it literally pays you to listen to podcasts. Seriously, just go download the free PodCoin app on your iPhone or Android, and if you use my special code, First Class Fatherhood, you will get 300 PodCoins just for signing up. The more you listen, the more PodCoin you earn. And then you turn those PodCoins into gift cards for places like Amazon, Starbucks, or more. So go ahead and listen to this podcast on PodCoin and sign up using the code First Class Fatherhood. It will change the way you listen to podcasts. Here, what is a safe age? I know you said you were around 13 when you started. What is a safe age you think for kids to start really hitting the weights and pushing, you know, some serious weight around? And what is a safe age also to start uh, taking supplements like yours? So, so when I was a kid, when I was a little kid, uh, it was pretty controversial that I was lifting weights uh, at 13. You know, uh, my, my mom and dad had to come in, of course, and sign the, the gym membership and say it was okay for me to go in there and everything. Um, I think th- this these days the science has kind of changed because back then people would be like, well, if you squat or you lift heavy weights, you won't get taller, right? You, your, your bones won't grow. And obviously I'm 6'2", six, 6'3", six, or something, uh, and that's obviously not the case. And, uh, and science has proven now that that's not the case. I think that the the main thing, the stopping point, first off, I wouldn't have a kid lifting weights before puberty. So, you know, I'm not um, big into pushing for, like, an 8-year-old or 6-year-old. So for, for Asher, like, we do push-ups um, when I can get him to do it. I'll do sit-ups, and he does pull-ups. And then we do, uh, like, lunges and, air, and squats with no weight, right, um, for reps. That's okay. Body weight stuff will always be okay. You could do dips. You could do all that stuff. That will never be a problem. Your, met, your body, even as a child, is meant to be able to support your own weight without injury. Now, if you put um, 135 pounds on his back to squat, even if you could do it, that may cause some damage as he's growing. But when you're a teenager, I think the real risk is that they're doing it wrong or they're going too heavy, you know. Um, that's the real risk because um, kids, I'm sure you, you're this way. I certainly is this way. I would push the limits big time. And I never even considered getting injured or being, you know, hurting or anything, dying. I didn't even think about any of that. Um, so I, uh, I push it much further, uh, and much harder than I would advise my son to. So if Asher wants to lift weights when he's 13, I a hundred percent will encourage him to deadlift, squat, bench, and I'll teach him the right form so he doesn't hurt himself and, uh, make sure that he understands that you want to push your limits, but you don't want to go way over your limits to hurt yourself. Now with supplements, this is a different story. So some supplements are okay, um, for basically any age. I mean, I don't give, you don't give your three-year-old um, supplements, but like, for example, protein bars. So I give my kids, I'll break off half of a protein bar because they love it. So instead of a candy bar, which is junk, obviously, if they would prefer to eat one of my protein bars, I'm very happy about that. Um, 
But for actual supplements, uh, protein powder is okay for teenagers. Um, so we make a bunch of different types of protein powder. Amino acids is okay for, for teenagers. Uh, the protein bars is okay for teenagers. And, uh, and I think that creatine has been certainly studied enough now. That's the most studied uh, nutritional supplement out there. Um, those are all okay for teenagers. The rest of them, like a fat burner or pre-workout that has caffeine or any kind of thing like that, I don't recommend. Obviously, you don't need a testosterone boost or anything like that as a teenager because that's when your body is producing the most hormones, right? Yeah, definitely. And I know that that's something that we've heard a lot about, especially with baseball and other sports uh, with the HGH and the testosterone boosters. And for kids who are looking to recover quickly from an injury to compete at that high level, uh, they may be prone to use testosterone or HGH. And uh, so how safe are all those uh, type of substances? So my opinion on that is that um, that kids when they're that age are producing so much of the natural hormones of growth hormone and testosterone and stuff that it is, uh, it is not really needed and you may be doing more damage than good because your body is producing so much. And when you take in, they call it exogenous, like from the outside. If you're taking something and adding it to what you're already producing, your body stops producing what you're naturally producing. So that's the thing. It's like if you were to take some uh, testosterone and you're 18, your body will shut down its own production of testosterone. And there's a whole slew of side effects that, uh, that are associated with coming off of the testosterone because your body has to then have a very like a, a severe deficit and sometimes your body will have elevated estrogen with that lower testosterone so you can develop a whole slew of, of side effects from that so I am definitely not a big uh, believer in kids uh, of any age taking that obviously I understand as, as a, uh, a college athlete there's probably pressure uh, to do that to perform to be the best or to get to the NFL or whatever um, but I certainly wouldn't want my kids I would never recommend them to do that so uh, you know that would, uh, that would not be something I would be a proponent uh, for. Now, that being said, as an older, when you get older, your hormone levels do drop. So for me personally, I take testosterone uh, therapy, hormone replacement therapy, because my levels have dropped off so much as, as I got into my late 30s and, and everything. You know, your hormone levels do go down. So replacement brings you back up to a normal level, which I am a very big proponent of, because um, if your levels are very low, it can affect you, you know, sexually, it can affect you energy-wise, brain function, uh, aggressiveness, and I mean that like aggressiveness at work, like get shit done, um, and all kinds of other stuff. So um, I'm a very big proponent of that as older, as you get older. Okay, good stuff. Yeah, we're in an interesting time here with sports, Aaron, because, I mean, high school football has become kind of like college football in a lot of ways, and there's a ton of kids that are hunting down free scholarships. There's a big market with all these specialty camps and coaches, and I, I really think, you know, knowledge is the key here when it comes to all these supplements, so to say. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's definitely uh, the, the, the landscape has certainly changed. And uh, one of the big things is, like, when I was a kid, uh, a teenager, steroids were much harder to get. You know, they're much, much harder to get. You have to know somebody, and it's, like, not a – it's not a – it was not an easy thing. And then before, when even before me, you know, in the, in the 80s and stuff, people just didn't even know what it did. You know, they didn't know – the doctors were saying they didn't even do anything. So a lot of athletes – there were people like Lalo Alzado and other people that took them. There's a lot of people that didn't even know what they were doing didn't even know that they did anything. But now there's this abundance of information on the Internet and the availability. All these teenagers uh, are smart enough to figure out how to order them off the Internet, you know. So you have uh, this education, whether the education is bullshit or not, right? It's on the Internet, so it's available. And then you have the actual availability of the product. So we have a – there's definitely more of it out there. I'm sure there's many, many, many more high school athletes doing that now than there were when I was there just because it wasn't available and nobody even knew what, what to do with it, you know? 
Yeah, and I think that's the case with most drugs, Aaron, today is that they're easily accessible. And, and you know what? Access to technology is something that's another struggle here for a lot of parents out there. Is, is your six-year-old swiping screens already and into the YouTube and all that? And how do you kind of handle the technology? Yes, yes, uh, he is. You know, um, initially, me and my wife weren't sure about how we're going to handle that, right? Because um, we know other people that don't let their kids use anything, uh, you know, any kind of device. Or, uh, you know, some that don't even really incur, don't let them watch TV at all. Um, and so um, we were we were kind of debating initially. But, you know, the truth is that the, the, the future is these devices. I mean, it's like it would be equivalent to um, when I was a kid, you know, I bought, a, I bought a computer. My parents bought me a computer very young when I was a teenager. And I was one of the only kids that had a, their own personal computer. And it helped me a lot. It made me really... Um, advanced compared to other kids with computers and it, and it kind of fostered that interest in me in a young age and, and understanding computers and stuff. And so, you know, look, whether we like it or not, iPads and, and touchscreens and swiping, this is, this is the future, man. Uh, that, there's no getting away from it. It is what it is. So uh, we kind of de- decided to let them use it for limited periods of time. And uh, we don't have, like the YouTube stuff is one thing she, my wife got very nervous about because there's so much weird stuff on YouTube that's easy to find. So they have only on their, on, uh, Asher only has on his iPad the uh, YouTube Kids, which uh, I would imagine is much safer. Uh, and he loves that stuff, man. He'll literally sit there, if we give him an hour, he'll sit there for an hour watching other kids open toys it's weird, yeah. or play with toys. It's a very strange, strange thing. It is, Aaron. And I mean, my boys will sit there and watch other kids play video games, which is very strange to me. But I mean, there is a fortune to be made if you can get on the right side of all this technology. I mean, it is the future for sure. But uh, as far as this generation of kids, it has really destroyed their social skills. Well, there's there's no doubt about that. And uh, I mean, I am um, a lot of my such an interesting world we live in. So I have this big business and a lot of my business can be done strictly from my phone. So not just with phone calls and emails and text messages, a lot of the the website stuff and the e-com stuff that I'm done, that I can do, I can do for my phone. I can monitor my numbers for my phone. I can, I can see what each sale is. I can uh, reach out to uh, my, my 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 reps or my customer service guys, find out why a deal was this or that, why why a gross margin of a of an actual sale was not an acceptable level. I mean, all of that's available from your phone. And I find myself, and my wife will tell you, if my wife were to say like, what's the one thing you don't like the most about your husband, the thing you like him to change the most. It would be that I look at my phone too much. Um, and I do. I know that I do, you know, because everything is on your phone, everything from uh, from entertainment to work to communication. And, yeah, people walk around staring at their phone all day long. They don't even know what's around them. Yeah, I'm guilty of that as well, Aaron. I mean, I'm a guy that never had a social media account until last year when I started this podcast here. And now it's a struggle for me with the time management with the phone. Well, that's the thing, right? So you have this ability, this amazing ability to communicate with thousands of people and, um, and one of the things that's expected if you're doing social media and you're, and you're doing it well is to reply to people, to communicate, and to be active. And so um, even with stuff like Instagram, like our, our Redcon 1 Instagram, you know, I expect our uh, Instagram, our, uh, our social media director, he needs to respond to everybody. So if you get, you know, 40 comments on a picture, he's responding to everybody. He's writing back to every DM. And that's a, that's a full-time job. It's a job yeah. to, to do that. And, uh, yeah, and as a result, yeah, you're – you know, you got a lot of uh, SEALs on, on the show and Special Forces guys. They can all tell you, you know, uh, your awareness, your spatial awareness is uh, is affected by his phone. You know, I, m- I remember we went and trained with um, with uh, Dom Rosso. I, have you had him on the show? Yes, yep. Yeah, so we're talking about he teaches, like, defense and, uh, and offense, too, and fighting with a blade and all kinds of cool stuff. 
And uh, he says it's like uh, the world is full of soft targets because people walk around staring at their phone. And it's true. You walk around the, the mall or the airport, everybody's looking down. Nobody's looking around anymore. Yeah, and people are being paid a ton of money to make sure you keep looking down. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, all right, you've had a lot of success here already. What's next for you? What kind of goals or plans do you have for yourself for the future? Well, uh, for the business, um, business is, you know, is, is going, like you said, is going very well. And I have, uh, you know, I'm very focused on the numbers. So we have a big uh, goal every month, and then we have a big goal for the quarter, and then I have a goal for the end of the year. So I'm focused, you know, one of the, the good things and the bad things about being in sales to some degree, I mean, that's what I do some some degree or another, is, you know, every month it starts back over. But I'm I am very goal-focused, so I have a ton of goals for the business. And, uh, and the big goal is to be the biggest sports supplement company in the world. And uh, we're still a few years away from doing that, but I have my uh, checklist that I'm, you know, going down and making sure I'm hitting every one of them and uh, continuing to spread the, uh, the good word of Red Cone 1 and get into more doors. Yeah, very cool. All right, last thing I want to hit you with here, Aaron, I'd love to ask all the dads I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? Well, I mean, the one thing I can tell, I tell all like people that I'm close to that are going to have a kid is that, um, is that it's the best thing ever, man. I have, uh, have a lot of cool things going on in my life, but none of them are anywhere near uh, being a dad and having kids because ultimately that's really what life's all about. It's not about things or possessions or, you know, success in, in one thing or another, whatever that may mean to you. It's, it's truly like when you have your first kid, you realize like this is what it's about. You know, like this is what you're on the, on the earth to do. And uh, when people say what's the meaning to life, the meaning to life is 100% definitely having kids and being a good father. That's what, that's what it's about, no doubt. Yeah, I'm with you there. Well said. This has been a lot of fun for me. I got to say, Aaron Singerman, you are a first-class father. And thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time on First Class Fatherhood. Thank you, buddy. Okay, I'm back with some closing thoughts in just a second here. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Aaron Singerman for giving me a few minutes of his time here. It was so cool. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me that DM over on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. Lock it in for tomorrow. I'm going to have a very special guest here for a Warrior Wednesday edition of the podcast. He's an Iraqi hero that saved countless lives, American and Iraqi. Uh, it's going to be a true honor to have him on the show here. Hamidi Jazim, better known as the Terrorist Whisperer, will join me here tomorrow. All right, that's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. You have been listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers.